Welcome to Tigers Untapped, a Bluff City Media podcast. Stepping up to the microphones are your hosts, Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Pull up your chair, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? We're back live from BCM Studio again, two weeks in a row, TJ. They let us come back. I know they did. Episode 29, Tigers on Tap, brought to you by Hoop City Basketball. If you got a young one, 5 to 14, they got camps all summer long. You can sign up. Uh, go to bluffcitymedia.co backslash Hoop City. You'll get $95 off your registration fee. If you sign up a team at 10, that's almost a G off of registration fees. That's a deal right there. That's a good deal. Sign up, you youngsters. Get them to camp. They got games, coaching clinics. You're going to have visitors, I think, some Grizzly. Desmond Bain, I think, was there last week. So they got good things going on over there at Hoop City. Teej, happy Monday. What did you do this weekend? Uh, I don't know. Well, I you can't don't recall. Know. I think I was just being a dad. Wow. Yeah, that's all you have time oh, for. Oh, we took our we took our friends uh, some dinner. They also had children. They had twins. Uh, they had two at once. For those of you who are unfamiliar with that, that's called twins. Yeah. Uh, but shout out to to Lauren and Mav. Yeah. Breaking news. Did y'all know I'm a twin? No. no. You have never once in your life mentioned yeah, that. I'm a twin. Really? Brother yeah. or sister? I have a sister. Wow. Yeah. Her name is Erin. That's incredible. I got the facial hair. She got everything else. Wow. Yeah. What? Are you making this up? I, I am not. Who's older? I am a minute older. Wow. One minute. Yeah. Imagine I, that. She was coming out first, and I kicked her in the face. And she so she came out with a big old cone head and had to stay in the NICU for a long time. And I was at home chilling. Kenny. I've never heard this. Little Savage. That is insane. Just kicking your sister in the head. She's never let me forget it. Wow. As she, she shouldn't. That's unbelievable. I had no idea. Learn, learn something new every day. Trey. Teach. Tell the folks at home what we're drinking this eve. This is Meddlesome. Welcome to the Dirty Dova. <laughs> TJ pointed this out right before we started this evening. Eight and a half percent. Eight and a half percent's a big boy. Is this the is this the most alcohol heavy we've ever had on the show? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty high. That's that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big percentage. That's that's tout stout. I wish mine were colder instantly. You don't have a cold beer over there? It's chilly. But we got the, not cold. Got the fridge right here. It's so far. The fridge holds twenty four. If you can't tell, it's like a it's like a tent in Harry Potter. You go and it's much bigger inside. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins handbag. Yeah, man. I think there's one 12 ounce drink in that refrigerator. They can hold six. Wow, that does not look like it. Could I got it at Target for twenty five dollars. It's not. A bad I mean, deal. I'm honestly just impressed that it is functioning. <laughs> that it works. I definitely thought it was for looks. I didn't. Think yeah, it, was it looks like a model. It actually works. Yeah, I mean, it incredible. takes like four days for it to cool something down. Well, yeah, when you pack six in there, I can. You can only there's imagine, not a right? whole lot of. Space for coolness to get up flowing around. Uh, so, teach you just dad all weekend, just dadding it up. Yeah, it's a good weekend. Uh, we went to uh, the farmer's market as well. You guys are y'all are big farmers, we are big farmers, market, as you can tell. Yeah, what's your go to farmer's market in the city? Oh, Agri Center. Wow, yeah, 
It's right across the street from me. It's not too far. Not what do y'all far. What do y'all stock up on when you go? Oh, we get zucchini. We get squash. Um, usually blueberries. My son's a big strawberry guy. I'm allergic, so I don't touch them. <laughs> Kenny, is that not strange to be allergic to strawberries? Well, I grew up with a father that was I've allergic never... to pineapple. And so that is, I also, I feel that, that, I mean, I guess it makes sense to, you could be allergic to anything, but until knowing TJ, I'd never heard of anybody being allergic to strawberries. You don't control these things, you know, which is very unfortunate because strawberry stuff is great. TJ can't have anything strawberry. Not even like fake strawberry stuff. So he can't risk it. You mentioned that. You seen how much EpiPens are these days? I once used a strawberry shampoo and the back of my neck broke out. I think that was just. Like a coincidence. You can't even touch a strawberry? Um, I think I've touched them and not broken out. But I mean, I just get hives. It's not like I'm like, oh, what do you use now? Horse and mane? Yeah. That's what we use. There's a lot going on back there, man. You really got to butter that thing up. Yeah. I noticed you had it bunned up tonight. Yeah, man. I look like just trash when it's down sometimes. So I just got to put it up and act like it's not. Yeah. There. Two weeks ago, my mom thought that you were a, uh, a woman, a man on the street <laughs> asking for change. <laughs> All right, what's on the docket today, man? What uh, we got? Big news here on a Monday. We got a commitment, TJ. We did. We did get a commitment. Why'd you say it like that? I mean, I think it was a a surprise to I, us. I didn't think he was coming. I didn't either, to be honest, because what he was. We weren't his only visit, right? He was visiting mm-hmm. Xavier, I think, yep. which he visited after we was here. Typically, how it's worked out for Penny is once he gets them on campus. Yep. I mean, they're committing before they leave. Yeah. Right? So typically, I guess, in those instances, if they get off campus without a commitment, you kind of feel like maybe the opportunity's passed, but not in this case. Sure. We got a commitment today from 6'6". Six, six, uh, what is he, guard, small forward? I think he's just a wing. Just Probably a wing. Way. Junior from St. John's. He spent two years at DePaul, spent last year at St. John's, so he's a Big East guy from the Dominican Republic, so that may play a little part in that. We're going down to the DR for a little preseason ball, so maybe he'll get some NIL there. But, man, last two years he's averaged nearly, I mean, 14 points basically his previous two years and seven boards. An assist and a half. Steals are up over like one and a half. I mean – You've asked it before. How you feel about it? And I know this was a big thing for you. No waiver needed. I feel instantly better. Once you told me no waiver and that he was a grad student after three years, which is impressive considering he school hopped, I feel instantly better. I think my general concern is like knowing what what is he as a player? He's six he's six. He's a hooper, TJ. I know, but he's six six. He played the four at St. John's, and that AAC is not necessarily known for having just big bodies galore everywhere, right? Sure. But at 6'6", six, six, got to think that that's it's a little small at the four spot, right? It is. I don't think he's going to play four here, though. I, I think don't, he's more of a three. I agree. And I, I, that was kind of one of my um, – the takeaways with it is that he and Leonard are basically just switchable completely. Like, it doesn't really matter who you got where, especially if Leonard is actually the the 6'10 that he claims to be on his driver's license now. I don't care if he's six eight, six seven. It doesn't matter. I like the the flexibility there to be able to interchange those two guys. Yeah, I mean, in that scenario, would you say Leonard's more the defensive? Yeah, heavy. I mean, I think Jones is pretty solid defensively. I mean, he averaged what 
1.7 steals two years ago, 1.3 last year. That's pretty good numbers. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's fine. I think Leonard's bread and butter is being the defensive transition guy. Yeah. Just defend, 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 get in transition, bucket, bucket, bucket. Yeah. So, um, you know. Jen's more of a volume guy offensively. Not, I mean, eye-popping numbers by any means. He shot 39% from the field and 29.5% from three. Yeah. He did take a bump up in free throws this year, shooting almost 79%. Ever last year was sixty nine percent, but I'll tell you that he rebounds the heck out of the ball. Yeah, I, I watched some highlights earlier. Even I mean, offensively, he's got like a ten percent offensive rebound rate. Yeah, and I'm curious if that is more so because he was playing so close to the basket, playing the foul power forward. Or is he just? A I solid will tell rebounder? you this in the film. He just he knows how to read the basketball in the air and anticipates where it's coming off. Sure. He wasn't always right by the goal. I mean, he was cutting in hard yeah. when a shot goes up with the anticipation of where it's going to end up, and he was getting it. So the effort is there, which I've I've always been a big proponent of, like, rebounding is a lot of effort, and then sure. just an understanding of where the ball is coming off. Do you think crashing the glass? I mean, that's what it takes, and that's what he does, at least on film. Sure. The, the 90 seconds of film that I watched. <laughs> How Do you think it's fair to say that he is a – better Elijah McCadden that kind of that utility guy he kind of kind of does a little bit of everything I mean it's hard to say because it, at this point last year yes I would have said David Jones is the better basketball player sure but having watched Elijah for a year I mean I think he did exactly what you needed him to do yeah and he was damn good at it I mean cut into the basket scrappy Kind of stuff that's not always showing up on stat sheets he was doing, whether it was tipping a ball, keeping it alive, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think David is probably an overall better basketball player. But, again, I ha- I didn't watch a ton of the red, the red Storm last year. Yeah. I mean, he had a, a super high usage rate, which is something that makes me right. kind of think that he may be that um, kind of higher a, than Kendrick for us, right? Yeah. Isn't that what you like, said? I, I think so, yeah. It was like um, – Which makes those numbers even more – 26, 27, 28. So yes and no, right? He has this super high usage rate, but is it because his team wasn't that great and he was having to uh, force a lot of shots? Sure. Just because the the ball gets to him, it gets stuck in ISO, what's he going to do? And he has to throw it up kind of situation. So I, I think he'll be fine for us. I don't. Just fine. Yeah, I, I I don't expect him to be the first option like he was at St. John's. Like I'm not expecting that same type of production here. I, I think it may drop a little bit, but you're also with the hypothetical of DeAndre coming back with Caleb Mills. That's someone else who yeah. tends to be a pretty large volume guy. I think this roster compared to last year is obviously much more evenly distributed. We were pretty top heavy last year. That's fair. Um, obviously, if DeAndre comes back, you've still got a guy. That is probably your go-to. The ball should go through him offensively. Sure. With Caleb Mills has shown potential to be that. Yeah. Um, but I will say John Rothstein said that he, and I know you didn't like this, but potential AAC quality player of the year. And that's, count them, one, two, three, potential all-conference player of the year. Guys, on your roster in Caleb Mills, who, if I'm not mistaken, was the player of the year his freshman year. DeAndre, who's very capable. And now David Jones, who could be in that running, too. That's three on the roster. So let's just clear the air. I, it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just thought it was bold. There, The AAC has, has tons of good players. 
right? I, it's not that. Yeah, if you're in count, if you're counting Jamal Shed, which you've been, he doesn't even go here anymore. I forgot. I forgot. TJ just keeps bringing up Shed. Like I was he's, trying to think. If he wins American Conference Player of the Year while playing in the Big Twelve, <laughs> that is damn impressive. Oh man, I uh, was just trying to think of guards that were good last year. But my my point stands. You're taking the field. I take the field. Like Whatever, I, and that's fine. I think he was just saying he has the potential to be that caliber of a guy. I've just I've explained already that I thought that his numbers are going to drop because he's coming to a team where he's not going to be that guy anymore. He's sure. not going to be the everything runs through. He's me not the only guy. option. Exactly, and it seems like he was that at St. John's for the most part. Yeah, not completely, but it did seem like that for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he can knock down a three ball. I saw some some clips of him hitting them, especially from deep. But it seems like his strong suit is getting to the rim and finishing. Sure. He seems he's got a strong lower half, good yeah, control, can finish through contact. So yeah. um, I think getting out in transition and and attacking the glass is kind of what we're going to see from him. How does this? How does the addition of Jones affect your starting lineup? Remember, we touched on this on a previous episode. Daddy, would you like some sausage? You want me to tell you what he does to the sausage maker first? I'd love for you to tell me what he does to the sausage maker. Uh, well, we were 60th, for those of you at home, if you yeah. remember. One, he's added, and he is projected to be our top usage guy. So okay. you going out on it, that's bold of you to say that he will not be the go-to guy. Um, moves us up eight spots to 52nd. Okay. Which, I'll tell you this. It's better than Jaden Bradley. <laughs> he didn't move us at all when I put yeah, him Yeah, that in. was surprising. I remember that. I'll take it. We're going the right direction now. I'd say we With love. two spots left. And you you throw DeAndre some sausage, you're talking top 25 ball club. What's DeAndre sausage do to us? DeAndre with Jones on the roster now, you're at 24th. It's a big difference, man. You're talking about, and I know you I, you love some FAU Owls. But that could that's a potential American Conference favorite roster right there. It's not that I and love Penny, them. I'll t- well, we'll get to Penny's comment. Today. I just I know that the metrics are going to show with them returning everyone. They're probably going to be a top ten team. They're not going to be Is that Houston? based on their roster or because they just made a run to the final it's four both. when they should have lost in the first it, round? It's both. If they'd lost us in the first round, they're not a top 10 team. I don't know. They it's returned everyone. I, I still matter. think they are pretty high up there. People are high on them because they had a good run in the final four. That's fair. I think that plays into it, absolutely. But I also not losing anyone is such a big... No, I'm not either. But the metrics are going to show that they are the new Houston in terms of the metrics because they are the American team that's ranked in the top 10, 15, or whatever it's going to be. And I'm not saying they're going to have the output of Houston by any means. That's some big cap, man. It is. That's big cap, bro. Big cap. You just now They took one run to the NCAA, in the NCAA tournament. Now they're the next Houston in the AAC. That, That's no, crazy. You're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm saying that they will be the highest-ranked American team in the preseason. We'll and see. they will be the first we ones out of see. the top 25. Mark and TJ to that. That's fine. I'm just saying they're going Kenny, to be you the preseason favorite. you wanted your keg stands? For those of you at home, TJ and I are coming up with segments. we got one that's called the keg stands. We're going to take one right now. Okay. Where TJ and I have strong opinions. We are standing for something, and I will say that FAU is not going to be the number one team in America. At the preseason or at the end of the year? Both. Who cares about the preseason? Well, that was my whole point, is at the preseason, I think they're going to be the number – FAU will be the number one 
projected we're not team even, from the American. We're not even done building a roster yet, baby. I agree. I'm just I don't make these numbers. I'm letting you know what these dumbos are going to do. 100% they're going to put FAU number one. Without a doubt, right. they're going to put them at number one in the conference. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. But they are. And that's all I've said. You are a wet blanket, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, when they put FAU over us, you'll know why. Because of the run they made. Because Dusty May stayed around. Because no one transferred out. No one went pro. Nothing. They bring back everything they had from a Final Four team. And here we are. That, that's all I've said. Okay. They're definitely going to be the higher-ranked team than us. They won't win the American. And I'm not even shocked. And they will not make it out of the first round. You want actually. me to? Uh, you want a keg stand? I'll give you a keg stand. I may be bold enough to say they could put Tulane ahead of us as well. I'm leaving. Kenny, in the episode. <laughs> Let's end this episode. <laughs> we TJ, literally beat them by 40 it's not the last my... time we stood on a basketball they court. They just lost. They just and lost. Jalen their... Cook is gone. He's gone. He's like, what are you talking about? Hey, it's not me. I would put Memphis over Tulane. The other coaches? Whomever. I don't the know. The media? The media, probably. AP poll. Why not? Hear me out. It's not me. I am not saying this. I would put Memphis over Tulane. My point is, I would not be shocked if they put Tulane higher than Memphis. Not one bit. That's wild. That's a wild statement. That's why we have keg stands, baby. If they put Tulane over us. 40 points, Timothy. Whom are you talking to? Beat down, sucker, beat you. All right. Uh... This 8.5 is getting to me. Maybe that's what I'm talking Very about. Very quickly. Are you finished with that already? I'm pretty close. Wow. We got a lot of time to go before your last sip. I'll drink yours. Um, all right. So we talked about David Jones. Penny met with the media this morning before he played, I think it was the AutoZone Liberty Bowl golf yeah. uh, tournament. By the way, do you think he had a hush main while he was out there? I hope so. Penny, if you're listening, we know that you are. You need a hush main on the course. Or a transfusion. Big transfusion guy on the golf course. But... Hushman, great golf beer. Is that grape say. juice? Hmm? Is that grape juice and vodka? Uh, and ginger ale. Mm. It's a great, great drink. Very refreshing. Sounds like it'd be decent. Um, he had a couple comments this morning. First, in regards to DeAndre's situation, he said, and I don't know the direct quote, but it was something along the lines of, we first found out about this about a month and a half ago when the NCAA told DeAndre that he had another year of eligibility. Do you think that that is an accurate statement? The NCAA called DeAndre and was like, hey, bro, no, no, you've done Portsmouth, you're declaring, but you have another year. You just throw that out there. And hey. then our university compliance office came back and was like, the NCAA doesn't know what they're talking about, you don't have a year. Do you think that's how that went down? I That's the way he sure as heck worded it. I mean, that's what I heard too, but that, I mean, that is a wild. If that happened, my 0% chance, I'm going to, I, I mean, how, had a, a 10 in front of it. Give me a hundred percent. Exactly. If how are you, it's calling you and saying, Hey man, you've got a year left. Yeah. What is the case? Yeah. Well, who is this about? rogue NCAA agent that decided to call the University of Memphis and say, and how, hey, do you, how do you think a they, best friend? Yeah, that's how do you think is. they was that a call, a te- just an anonymous? Hey, this is Facebook the NCA. Yeah, how'd you get that? Instagram? Did someone slide into the DMs? Yeah, was it the official NCAA basketball Instagram account? <laughs> I feel like everyone heard that quote and was like, 
There's no way that's right. The NCA called and said, DeAndre, you got another year. You heard it the same way. If that's the case, then DeAndre is on the team and the sausage maker, we're 24th. (laughs) We're winning the American. If they call at this point, he may get a second year at this point. The NCAA may may create the DeAndre rule. There may be no more limitation on eligibility. You can play as long as you want. In all seriousness, if, if that is what how that went down, which doesn't make any sense at all, then what the hell are we talking about? DeAndre's back, right? I mean, yeah. And that th- I think I don't see how he's not. I mean, Penny also said he felt really good about the situation. Well, you got to say that, right? I mean, compliance do you? office I, didn't. I, I think yeah. The, I think Penny's an honest guy and upfront when he does. Like, I think he would say, "I really don't know," you know. It, like I think he's going off Jackson's experience with the statement. With the, yeah, with with how he has had this whole thing work and out handled, once before. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Uh, new keg stand. The compliance office doesn't seem to be that good at their job. <laughs> Maybe some confusion. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I think it's just too so. <laughs> Are you kidding? I think it's just they follow things so black and white. I think that's the only way they could. What's more at black that. and white than the institution telling you? you, you because have- as a non qualifier, you get five years to play four. Like they, there's a there's yeah, a but if the rule. NCA is contacting DeAndre know, and they're the one that makes the rules, then what's it wasn't a three way call. Black and white. They didn't tag them in. They're just going off. Hey man, you spent three oh, years at uh, at Evansville, even though you didn't play one. And the last two at Memphis, like, what are we talking about? You're done. When's the last time you were on a three-way call? Last month, actually. My manager and director called me. Hmm. Can you? You can still do that. Uh, they did it. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. You can on Facetime if you what have an was, iPhone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it you used to have to press in order to do a, a three-way? The star six nine block your number. No, that no, recalls seven, the dude. number. Star six nine is when you want to. Star six ha- calls seven. you and hangs up. Star six seven was block your number. Right? No, but one of those. Oh, like block it, like yeah, they can't like see who was calling. no color ID. Yeah. Dang, dude, throwback. Uh, no, I, I just don't think the compliance office was aware that the NCAA is just calling people up all the time and letting them know that they have eligibility. Yeah, but surely if DeAndre gets a call from the NCAA, he's like, "Yo, the NCAA president just called me. I've got another year." You think the compliance office may like double check that and be like, "Oh, really? The NCA called you, not just no. You, you don't. You're done." I don't know how it works. Is I don't know if if Penny and Co. are talking to the compliance office on a daily basis, and maybe they should be. Maybe they haven't talked to the compliance office. But all it doesn't I've, seem like they have. All I've heard is media members that have reached out and reported what the compliance office told them. So, I, I mean, just what does the compliance office do? Like, what what is their job purpose? Make sure we're in compliance. Don't you think eligibility <laughs> falls in that? Like, at some point, I mean, this has to come back so. on them. And, and this isn't a shock. Anyone that's a Tiger fan, we've had these conversations with compliance before. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of James Wiseman in that whole case. Like, we, this isn't the first time we have dealt with compliance. So I, I'm not trying to crap on them because like I don't I wasn't there I don't know the details but from the outside looking in someone dropped the ball somewhere I don't know if it's on Penny and staff for not reaching out to the compliance office saying hey NCAA said 
They shot DeAndre a text and said he's got another year. Maybe you should look into this. I don't know if it's the compliance office needs to check in with Penny and team and just saying, like, hey, you guys got anything new? I don't know where it is. Yeah. But someone dropped the ball. And I don't think that's up for debate. So with with that tidbit, if true, you've said you go from zero to maybe even 100% it's <laughs> happening. What's – if that's the case, like, what would be the reasoning for not getting – like, I mean, I think it was on the radio today. I don't know if it was Giannato or Munn. Somebody was saying, you know, the NCAA could come back and say, well, why'd you wait till now to do it? Obviously, he had some things going on in his life. Like, he also didn't know. Right. I mean, they're he just was, saying, why didn't you look into it before now, I guess? Because he's always, from everything that we have known and everything that we have heard, he has been under the impression that he does not have eligibility. And... and I mean, I, I think there's one piece, like one quote out there that counter... Until he got that letter from the NCAA, like a Hogwarts letter. <laughs> I'm on my Harry Potter game tonight. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Got I that mean, letter in the mail. Said, you got a year. Yeah. So what's he needed an attorney now for if the NCAA has already told him he has a year? That's a great question. And that's an interesting, too, because like you can't have an agent, but you can have an attorney. You can have like counsel. And I'm like... What's the real difference there when it's all said and done? Now you can have an agent. It's got to be approved. We need Benjamin Fishman on this show to figure out all the nuances of counsel and agent. There's and a segment. Kind of... That's a segment? NCAA legal questions. Where's Texas Fishman. Tiger at? Where's Texas Tiger? We need you on. You're fine here. Get him on. Um, all right. So with if we take that into account in DeAndre, or do you feel good about where the roster is oh, at? Are you set? better. Or do you are you looking for one more piece? I mean, I'll be. I mean, I you add you add Jones. What you have if Mikey shows up, which he made comments on that today too, kind of saying, "Hey, it's he is still a part of the program as of now." We're waiting till June 29th to see what comes of the hearing. Yeah, but as far as we're concerned, he's a Memphis Tiger. If you get Mikey, you add DeAndre. I've, I'm, anything else like I'm not particularly looking for anything else at that point i think you're set in a roster i mean you obviously have potentially one more to add somebody but like penny said it himself i guess if you wanted a true five you could bring malcolm back or i don't know what's i mean arkansas dirk's gone that was a true five and he was a top 11 guy in the portal i don't if they can find another scholarship and that may be putting Jaden back on walk on sure work the system. Uh, I think I'm going to take a curveball here and I'm going to go a different route. I'm not. If you have DeAndre back, you've got Chandler. Uh, we're going to go on the premise that uh, Tiafale is six ten. Yeah. So Penny he made, can play he, super small ball five. He made comments about playing small ball. And reference, which is hilarious to me, I feel like we are always like, what's the hot thing? And he referenced St. Peter's beating, or not St. Peter's. Uh, I know you're talking about. Yes. Give me the name. Uh, Fair. Fairy Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson yeah. beating Purdue. Purdue playing small ball. Yeah. And it's like, are we really small ball when you're looking at like six, Leonard 6'10", six, six, <laughs> Pierre 6'10", JJ 6'7", Chandler 6'7", Jaden six five, Jordan six eight, DeAndre six nine. Small ball is a skill set, not a 
It's not a height wise. Yeah. I think that's just a bunch of rim runners is what he's basically saying there. Which, I mean, length and athleticism, I'm like, that's a good defensive team. Yeah, I think if they can if they can free up another scholarship, I'm not going point guard. I'm not going center. Not even if it's Yuri? I, that's a different conversation. He's staying in the draft, though. That that ship has sailed, unfortunately. So, uh, no, I think I'm, I would look at shooting guard. Find someone that has a consistent Just a three. Just knock down. What is yeah. her highest percentage three on the team right now? Oh, boy. 34. Is my no, guess? It's gotta no, be, it's got to be Jonathan it, Pierre. It, Pierre doesn't count. That's a D two. Uh, it's oh, kind of hard. Shot forty something. Yeah, I, it's hard. How does to, that not count? I know shooting a three is shooting know, a three. I know, I know. That I shouldn't say it doesn't count outside of Pierre. Let's I mean, even that. if it's in junior college, it counts. <laughs> one for one is one for one. <laughs> Looking at you, Will. Looking Have you come you. up with the rules for our three point shooting yet? Yeah, you guys got to stand behind the three point line and shoot the ball. TJ. No, if I'm a three-point shooter, if I'm a shooting guard, You're if looking at I one. can, if I can look at this roster and say you've got Caleb Mills, hypothetically Mikey, Caleb's you, been able to shoot. You've three. got Young. Um, you're going to have Jones, who kind of ran that point forward. It seems at St. John's. You're going to have DeAndre. We've seen point DeAndre at times, even though he kept throwing that damn lob, bro. Um, I don't even the freaking I think, lob. I, I feel to I feel post. okay with having. Those guys running the offense and then just having some, some ancillary guys, I think they can control the ball perfectly fine. I think you need to find someone at that shooting guard position because outside of, um, hypothetically, we'll say Mills starts at shooting guard. Your next guy is Jaden. Do you, you have any injury? That is an issue. A name that's been floated around that we've been connected to, at least Twitter, you count Reeves as that? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a knockdown shooter. I feel like. Would you take that? I, I, I mean, I would definitely take it. I don't, I don't think that one's coming though. I don't either. I think, to me, Jones committing is you're not getting Reeves. Exactly. I think. But uh, if you had one more after DeAndre and you added Reeves, I would feel really good. Yeah, I, there's going to be some rando out there. I'm sure that Penny could somehow find that shot like thirty eight percent, something crazy, right? I think. Really? I think at this point right now you have better three point shooting than you had going into the last year. At this time frame or in general? Just in general. With no other addition to the roster. Yeah, I can't remember what um UTSA guy. Um uh, Keontae. Oh. I don't remember what No, he, he was it wasn't that great. No, it was like thirty or thirty-one. But you saw like the the potential there, right? So I mean, he came in and worked on his shot, and mm-hmm. obviously was leading the conference at one point in shooting three-point shooting. But Until I'm saying, hurt, just yeah. statistically looking at it, going into last sure. year, I mean, you really had it's very fair. I you would had just Kendrick feel more and DeAndre, who really wasn't shooting that much, and then Jaden, who yeah. also hadn't really shot that much. I, that's the one thing I think they could add that would make me feel better, and maybe you get that with Ashton, right? Sure. Yeah. Ashton is known for his shooting. So That's maybe that, I was that not even guy. Right. I wasn't even thinking about Ashton in that spot. I just, my question with Ashton is what does he end up playing? Is he a three? Is he fast enough for three or mobile enough? Does he have the lateral quickness? We say three. Is he going to guard a wing? Um, does he get shift down some? Like he and JJ 
size wise. I think if there's a concern coming in with Ashton, it's probably defensively and quickness and yeah. being able to defend. Yeah. The three two switch two through four. Yeah. So maybe he can be your shooter and you don't even have to open up that other scholarship unless you just find another guy. Yeah. So no, but in, I feel good where we're at right now. Adding Joan, you get DeAndre. Yeah. And then potentially a piece for one more in there. Um, all right. And then Penny also talked about this morning, interestingly enough, NIL, and made the statement of it's definitely something around it's more in play this year than it's ever been sure. recruiting-wise, right? Previously, I think he was basically saying, like, we've been able to recruit and not really worry about NIL or have to use it. Yeah. This year it's become much more of a factor. Yeah. And basically said we haven't been able to get exactly what we want because of it. And I I guess you could take that one of two. Like, either we don't have it or we don't think – it's worth what guys are asking for. Well, off the dome, I was told that we don't have an NIL problem. So let's get that out in the open. I think that's been completely squashed now. What is it? Straight from the horse's mouth? Is that what it is? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, no, I love I, to see people tell Penny he's wrong. Doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I think it, it comes down to you're just. I think they're getting outbid, and that's essentially what he's saying. But at at you know to yeah, your point, it, it's sometimes you just bow out. Yeah, if a dude's it could coming, just be I don't. We've offered what we offer, and think you're worth. You're not. Yeah, worth four fifty or whatever somebody may be asking. Yeah, you're replaceable, and in most cases, a lot of these guys are right. So, which goes back to what we talked about last week, and like, what's the return on that? Exactly. Like, if I could make up arbitrary numbers, let's say. Last year, Kendrick cost you $400,000, making up numbers. And now you have a guy like Bradley come in and says, I want four fifty. It's like, well, you're not Kendrick. Yeah. You're not, you're not this, so why should I give you more than we gave him? Yeah. Not that we, like, you know, you get what I'm no. saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. So. And Kendrick was proven. Yeah, and, and that's a guy who was a fifth-year senior. Right. Not a second-year guy. And Bradley was good, and I, I would have enjoyed having Bradley on this team. Um, but that's not to say I'm not here just giving money away. And I think this comes back to our general conversation we've had with NIL before and how inconsistent it is and how it's probably not likely going to stand in the way it's set up currently. Like it just, it just can't, right. Yeah. You can't be out here giving away $400,000 to a guy and then he averages six and four, right. Something like that. The, the, the donors are going to be like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't need my, my, car dealership advertised this much yeah we'll say it like that no i get i think it's a combo yeah it's definitely an issue without question sure whether we have the sufficient funds or not one way or the other we either don't have them or we do have them we're not willing to pay what people think that they're worth which makes me feel better about things right if if they're saying like i want x amount and you're just like, no, nah, you're good. Kick rocks. Yeah. I feel better about that. Just find dudes that want to come in here and win. Exactly. They're not worried about, I mean, play for the love of the game. I agree with you, TJ. <clears throat> that makes me feel a lot better, too. That it's not some bidding war exactly. for some random kid that 
really hasn't proven himself. Right. Right. Like there's there's a there's a a return on investment that it's clear that Penny Hardaway and his staff has a certain amount of funds that they're able to say, hey, we know that we can get right. this. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how we're gonna divvy it up. And if you come in and you try to break the bank and we don't feel like you're worth it, then bro, you can hit the road. Yeah, man. Go out oh. to the desert. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's a pretty sick deal for uh, Bradley, though. He gets the money. He lands at Arizona. Number one party school. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. He got a pretty good deal well, there. Well, he but... didn't go to Arizona State, but I know what you mean. Arizona. Yeah. State. You said number one party school. Arizona, Arizona State. Oh, I thought Arizona, Arizona was number one party school. Uh, maybe it's switched, but I've always heard it was Arizona State. Tomato, tomato, man. Well. Um, all right, Tej, anything else basketball before we take a break? No. All right, we'll take a break, come back, talk a little football, maybe a little conference realignment. Baseball? It's been, it's been, smoke's been flaring up, and a little bit of, unfortunately, not good baseball news, but a little baseball. We'll be back. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. Back, had a little breaking, unfortunate baseball news over the weekend. Carrick Jackson out after one year as the head guy for the, the Diamond Tigs. What are you going to do? You know, I, I think... Stay longer than one year? Yeah, I guess you could, right? I think that would be real cool. But um, in the grand scheme of things, right, he, he's going to the SEC. He's going to be at pretty sure... He's going hashtag home. Yeah, he's pretty sure he's going home. I think he's actually the first black baseball coach in the SEC. Yep. Power five, I think. Even Okay, well, you just expanded it even further. I mean, that's got to mean something special to him, right? He spent years there before. Uh, I can't remember how long he was there. I think five years there before. So I get it, personally, the decision to go home. It does kind of hurt us, though, right? Because I, I think the baseball program has been something that's been so um, – I don't want to say underachieving because they had they they had that 2017 year. I think that was pretty good. But um, with all the local talent, you just expect more, right? And, and then you had this this glimpse of hope under Kirk Jackson that you were like maybe we can turn into something. Sure. Get this new field, and then he vamps out the first chance he gets. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like the the Merriweather situation, yeah. right? Yeah, you yeah. felt like she was heading, to, and granted, she's here more than one year, but sure. you feel like the program's heading the right direction. Like where you're at, like the coach you've got, you yeah. feel good about the future. And then, in her case, alma mater calls. In his case, home state. You know, power, power five team calls. Um, don't blame him at all. Sure. I mean, you hate it for the university, you hate it for the baseball team, but uh, hopefully, they're able to make another good hire. You know, I found this, and this is relative to what we're kind of talking about with just. Um, 
maybe some of these non-revenue generating sports, right? Women's basketball, men's baseball, things like that. Um, According to the U.S. Department of Education's EADA, which is Equity and Athletics Data Analytics Database, Mizzou finished dead last in spending for SEC baseball at $2.5 million. Just to give you an idea, Memphis spent $1.4 million. So they spend just over a million more? more? A million more than us? We are dead last in the American in spending. So when you look at it, you kind of ask yourself, well, Mizzou is clearly an upgrade without question, right? He, I think if anyone that follows college baseball, they know SEC is an incredible conference, a powerful conference, all the top teams. Yeah, they just had the most uh, regional host ever, I think, in yeah. college baseball with eight. They're hot right now, very hot. Um, and we are spending a million less than them, and we're dead last at our own conference in spending. And I'm not saying that this is a, a situation where Memphis should take a look at themselves and reflect and just start spending more money for baseball. I think it is what it is, right? I don't need. I don't think you need to go out and spend two million dollars. I don't think that's going to guarantee wins anyway. So I, I just how thought, do we stack up with the rest of America? Are we? How, I mean, how much below the rest of the oh American? Man, are we? I, you know, I got that pulled up for you. Um, While you're looking at that, how much is is Missouri dead last in the SEC? Then yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So ECU, obviously a pretty notable baseball program. Sure. 2.9, almost pushing three. Whoa. On baseball? On baseball. Tulane, 2.9. Houston, this is dated. Um, Houston, 2.6. Wichita State, 2.4. UCF, uh, basically two. It's 198. Uh, Cincy, 1.8. South Florida, 1.5. Memphis, 1.4. What, so, what could Memphis spend more on, though? Like if you're, what are your thoughts on that? Like what and they just built a brand new stadium that is beautiful. Yeah, very nice. What are your thought? What could they spend more money yeah, on? Yeah, I mean that's got to be what coaches' salaries, assistants. I, yes, I would imagine the staff salary. We're talking um, baseball facilities. I don't know. I don't think I've seen the baseball facilities. I've seen the football facilities. They're great. Basketball facilities are great. Um, perhaps baseball facilities are just a little behind. That's my guess. Is what is you're just not keeping up. I mean, with I that. don't know that they have. There, besides, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they field, have their own like, little little. I know complex. they used to use the just that little tiny turf indoor space that we had previously. I think they still use that. So, I, in the grand scheme of things, like what are we talking about? It's Memphis baseball. It's not really a, a program that we have high expectations for, but I think Carrick has shown you where you can get it. If you put a little into it, at least get the and get the right guy. Got it going the right way. Which, speaking of, our friend Brian Moss over at uh, Rivals on TigerSportsReport.com, he had an article that came out where he made a couple suggestions on a few guys to replace Jackson. Um, he stuck with Julian Henson, who's actually a local guy. He played at Cordova. I think he's a year older than me. Um, maybe doesn't have all the head coaching experience that you're looking for. Right, Jackson was a great hire because he had done this before. Sure, at Southern, right? He I mean, he was a big a name in the baseball world. Exactly, with the, the pre-draft league. He was a part of president of, I think. But I don't hate that at all. I mean, given the hotbed of talent, I mean, this is a great baseball area of the country. So having yeah. a local guy could potentially has the connections locally to keep some of those kids home. I wouldn't hate that at all. 
Yeah, he also mentioned Tim Jamison, who is the pitching coach. Um, someone that's kind of a popular name, I, I think, right now. He's actually, ironically, um, he spent years at Mizzou, and that's actually where he met Jackson. Jackson worked for him under Mizzou. He was there for like 20-some-odd years. And they're actually pretty good. I, I think he made a, a couple straight, I think like seven or eight runs uh, deep into the tournament there. Mm. But uh, I think once they got to the SEC, it was just too much. right? They kind of hit that juggernaut. He stepped yeah. down. And new guy stepped up, and obviously he's out now. Um, so he's definitely one to consider, right? I, I think that's an easy transition. But another one is Omar Johnson, who I am not familiar with, so don't let me lie. Um, but he is at Jackson State, and he has never had a losing record in his 15-ish years or so at Jackson State. Ever. Ever. What's his worst record? Um, I don't have that pulled up, but overall he is 510 and 326. So two conference titles in the SWAC. He's clearly not working with much. Sure. And that's a guy who's winning a a damn lot of games for not having much. And we just talked about Memphis being at the bottom of the budget for the American. Kind of sounds like you're hand in hand with what you got there. Now, I'm not saying that Omar Johnson is going to be, you know, interested but three times the budget is what Jackson State has. I think they are at uh, – I can pull it up real quickly. Um, you, you're working with three times the budget. They are at $570,000 in dudes winning games left and right. So is he a recruiter? Is he just a, a strategist? What, what's going TJ, on there? they were 24-0 and 0 in conference two years ago. Granted, it's the swag, right? But it's still, two years ago, that means he went to against go undefeated Jackson. in your conference in baseball is very impressive. Yeah, that's going against Jackson because he was that's, still at Southern. They now. were undefeated two years in a row. They were three and zero in the swag three years ago. I mean, I, it, <laughs> just from what I'm reading here, this dude seems like he's he's I him. Mean, get, get him on what the phone. What are we doing? Can I say something about him? Yeah, man, he's a damn good looking man too. All right. Wow. I'm gonna throw that that's out a there. keg stand from Kenny. That's a, that's my keg stand for the day. He's a damn good looking dude. Okay. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Memphis uniform. Omar. All right. Head about uh, I don't know what 150 miles north to Memphis. Yeah. I I'm just saying like I don't know if Omar is interested. He's been there for 15 ish years. We, you, we we just talked the numbers five ten and three twenty six. He hasn't left for a reason. Is he waiting on a specific job? I don't know. But if you ask me, the guy seems to know baseball. He may just like where he's at. Yeah, and some it, people that, are comfortable. I get it. I get it. Right, but uh, it's definitely someone I would make a phone call to. So, Brian, I, I mean, that's a good good recommendation there. Can't fight that one. I would take it. Yeah. All right, Teach. Uh, don't have a whole lot of football going on. Yeah. Not. We hadn't got another recruit commit yet for uh, Untamed Twenty Four. Uh, did see this, read about this, saw this on the Twitter earlier today. Okay. Um, Sideline Sports Report, I think, Sports Network tweeted out a graphic, post-spring projections, top quarterback in each state going into 2023. You want me to guess? You, I mean, Tennessee. I'm going to say Joe Milton won, Seth Hennigan number two. Well, you'd be wrong because it is Seth Hennigan number one, and it doesn't matter who's two. Wow. Because your boy Seth is number one. 
That's kind of wild to think about. You don't right? agree with that? No, it's not that I don't. I, I just assumed that Joe Milton would be number one. Is Joe Milton good? It's pretty dang good. I mean, I've seen some Joe Milton ball games, and I mean, kid's got an arm. Yeah. But if you're throwing in the first row of the stands, it doesn't really matter. That's or, true. If you're running out of bounds on the last play of a game, that's true. I, I, what are we talking about? Seth has looked great. I think for the most part, we we've seen different versions of Seth, right? I think freshman year, he took us by storm. He kind of surprised us. I don't, I don't think anyone was expecting Seth to be Seth his freshman year, right? Sure. Um, especially coming off of years and years of Brady White, right? You, you didn't expect anyone to come close to that. And I haven't looked at the numbers, but he's pretty damn close to being one of the all-time passers in two years. It's pretty impressive. Look that up. I think this year he has a chance of scratching the surface at number one. I think. Getting close. But, I mean. Just yardage-wise? Yeah, just yardage-wise. So, if you have a good year this year, I mean, and they're by all means, they, they should have a good year this year. Right, I think this is Ryan's. He is currently fifth. Yeah, what's the yardage? Six thousand eight hundred and ninety-three. Brady White is obviously number one with ten thousand six hundred and ninety. At a thirty-two hundred. I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, it's thirty-seven ish, thirty-eight hundred. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But he's scratching. He's getting pretty dang close. Yeah. So I I'm just saying, like, I, I, he's been very good for us. I think we, since we don't have the wins to back it up. People kind of tend to write it off kind of situation, but he's been pretty good, man. I mean, it's achievable. He threw for 3,600 last year. Yeah. And that was – did he miss a game last year? No. Uh, not that was game. UCF last – the tears. Yeah. yeah. And he was limited in that Navy game. Wow. So I'm just saying, like, I, I, it makes sense now that you say it, maybe because Milton just doesn't have the pure experience. Sure. And uh, – Hyatt's gone from Tennessee. They've they've kind of lost some of their weapons, so maybe that plays a factor into it. Um, Memphis the only uh, the only American team on that list. That's shocking to me. Who no, else, maybe who else not. What you put on there? Well, I was trying to think, but Michael Pratt. What are y'all talking about? Well, that yeah, guy at LSU the, is pretty yeah. dang good. <laughs> that was for that was for Trey. I'm just TJ's the Pratt guy. Yeah, I was the Pratt shit talker. Uh, I think it's right. Big things coming from Seth this year. Let's hope so. Projections over over under thirty four hundred yards. Oh, over. If he plays the whole year, over. Really? Yeah. I mean, he threw for thirty three hundred two years ago, and he missed basically oh, really? two games. Okay, well, I'm gonna change that number thirty six hundred then. Hmm. I don't want to copy. You're essentially you're essentially asking me if I think that he takes over the number one. Yeah, I mean this year. Essentially, yeah. I thought he was much closer than that. Honestly, I thought like a thirty-two year would do it. Gosh, that's tough. I'll take the over. Okay, big year. Kenny, you want to jump in there? Over under thirty-six hundred for Seth this year. I'm going to take y'all's word for it. So what does that put him at then? Does that it's only been done four times in the history of Memphis Tiger football? So Let's say he goes over. Under. How much is he? So you're saying if he goes over thirty four, thirty six hundred, he needs how much is he until he passes Brady? He needs like thirty eight 
100 to pass Brady. I say he passes Brady this year. Yeah, you get a bowl game on top of that. I mean, he can definitely pass it. And a conference championship game, 100%. He needs 37.97 to pass Brady. No pressure, Seth. (laughs) But you're also – got to take into account – that's a lot of yards. I know it is. Timmy Chang. That's, it. that's who's doing that. Only two Tigers have ever thrown for more yards in a season. That was Brady White in 2019, threw for 4,014 4, <laughs> yards. And then Riley in yeah. 17 for, threw for 4,257. Yeah. Riley was slinging that thing. He was. Everything was a deep ball to Anthony. Though. Yeah, I mean, it, of those 4,200 yards, 3,100 were to Anthony. Does it have his average on there? Uh no. There's gonna have like a, a 17 yards per attempt. Riley threw for 471 twice in the same season. Yeah, Riley that those offenses were huge under him, but it was literally the same thing nonstop. Yeah. It's just rip a big bomb to Anthony downfield, and it was untouchable. So he will definitely Seth will definitely pass Riley this year. He's only about 1100 yards behind him. Will likely pass Paxton in third. He's only two thousand yards behind. Where's Martin Hankins on that list? Hankins is sixth, right behind Seth right now at fifty seven hundred, okay. almost fifty eight hundred. I kind of thought he may be ahead of him. And does, is that not is that not a wild stat that he's able that he's about to pass all those guys? And wouldn't you say that his receiving core has not been as talented as the other guys that are above him? Oh, I absolutely. Mean, well. He's had Calvin. Yeah. He had him per year. I mean, Riley's Riley was only two seasons, too. But yeah, I mean, Paxton and Brady, I would say, had better receivers. I think, dude, this gets tough because who is better between Calvin? I mean, he also had, I mean, Calvin played that year hurt a lot. Which year? Uh, Seth's freshman year. Yeah, that's true. He had the ankle thing. Um, at their peak, Anthony or Calvin? Who's better? I know. I know. I just. I mean, I might be the biggest Anthony Miller guy on the face of the planet. You so. did just pick him. A hundred percent. I picked Antonio, an all-American wide receiver. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't even a part of that list. It was Antonio. I know he wasn't. It was. But the, this team, I think that's the weakness. So, was it strike seven put out? Who would you take, Antonio? If you could add one former Tiger playmaker to the roster, who would it be? And it was Gibson, Gainwell, Calvin Austin, TP, or Tony Pollard. I'd say Gainwell. Of that list, I would probably take Tony. That's right. Just from a Swiss Army knife perspective, he can catch the ball, return kicks, hand it off to him in the backfield. But if you just ask me straight up, any Tiger, it would be Anthony to this team. Because I think that's your biggest weakness in a wide receiver. And, dude, Anthony had – he was – his leadership ability and just – He's got the quote on the him, wall, dude. I think that's what this team needs is somebody like Anthony in the locker room. I think – yeah, I think if I could add anybody, I, I would go Anthony as well. I think people slept on Anthony a lot. They, they you know – The whole world the slept sense, on Anthony. In the sense that, like – if you look back at Tiger receivers, you're like, oh, Calvin, he's so fast, so gadget, he's perfect. Anthony is not slow by any means. I don't not remember his 40 time. I'm trying to look it up now, but I remember it was something absurd. I mean, he had several 
I mean, he had that long 85, what, 80 yard touchdown against Cincy in 16 or whatever it was. I think he also, his ability to catch the football was insane. I thought he was, I thought he ran faster. I keep seeing him. He was a track dude, though. He was fast enough in pads. I don't care what his timed 40 was. I think y'all are sleeping on Antonio a little bit, too. I, yes. I mean, probably. Antonio's got a little bit of that Swiss Army to him, too, where he obviously he played receiver, but. Game, SMU specifically. I mean, he had a kick yeah. return, a handoff from the backfield. Like, I mean, it's definitely, I don't know. It's a good question. It is a good question. I'm still sticking with Tony Pollard because of his ability to do 17 different things on the field yeah. for you. And he's a Memphian. Yeah. I think that my Memphis bias is coming out, Kenny. I'm taking all Memphians. I'm former, right there with you. Former if I had more Tigers Gibson, that were Memphians, then I'd be there with you. Like if right. he if he played, I think that that's first what year. It's yeah, I mean, and he really didn't. It wasn't until the SMU game that he really broke out. Broke out. If you had more Gainwell, dude, Gain, Kenny was. I mean, I'd add Kenny. I would add any of them yeah. right now. To the, like you're <laughs> yes, making the answer me is pick. yes. Give me all of them. <laughs> yeah, but I would take literally any one of the four or five if you throw Anthony in there. Yeah. Let's not forget, Kenny went for 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing in, in was it the Tulsa game? Yeah. He for no, sure Tulane, didn't have 200 yards passing. In 19. Yeah, I mean, receiving. receiving. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> um, what if he had 200, 200, and 200? That would be... If we had lined him up of. to throw passes in that game, that would have been wild. Um, no, that's Gabe. That is, gosh, what a throw. I would never forget that pass. I don't, as we we should, never forget. What a beautiful pass. I got a shot of that that was pretty epic. That you could have shot it. Are you saving that for yourself? 173, and it was epic. Uh, Did you? It was sick. Were y'all, y'all didn't go to uh, the South Alabama game. 2019. I, yep, I was there. Sure did. Yep. 100%. You remember the catch in the Hottest end zone? day, yes, of uh, Watkins caught it. Was it, was it Kylan? Kylan Watkins? Yep, Kylan Watkins. The diving catch in the end zone? Yeah. So I was in the end zone when it Dang, happened. Dang, Kenny, I, I right wish there. we knew each other back then. Well, here's the crazy part. I took a picture and I posted it. And I got some. I got one of Austin Hall of him running that interception back. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And then I got the Kylan Watkins. That was my first time, like probably like my first time to ever really take pictures. I'm not a, I'm not a photographer. I ended so that was the year, the AAC tournament when they play or the the conference championship when they played when Memphis played in it. Yeah, since he and um, they had the booklet, the AAC booklet, and uh, I opened it up, and there was my Colin Watkins picture. Dang, nice. did you get paid for that? I didn't get paid a damn dime for they, that. Did they credit you? They didn't credit me one what? bit. What Dude, did I was it say? It, it just, didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. It just to... there was a picture of Colin Watkins catch, and I'm like, that's my damn picture. You need to get set up with Getty Images, my man. Seriously. That is wild. That's kind of sick, though. That is legit. Dude, how bad was that stadium, though? Oh, my gosh, dude. It was, you remember how hot it was? It was. And my oh. dumbass was wearing a black T-shirt down there. You do that all the time. I do. Every time we see you, you got, like, a black hoodie or something on. And TJ and are like, what is Kenny what doing? What is he doing it's right now? 115 on the field. That was the hottest, and here's the crazy part. So we drove from Memphis. It was me, Jonah Jordan, Devin Walker, Christian, and my son. And we left Memphis at 4 a.m., drove to Birmingham. You drove down there day of? And then drove down to Mobile. And then we, our dumbasses, drove back to Birmingham, back to Memphis in the same day. 
didn't get back to Memphis until like three o'clock in the morning. That's a hard pass for me. Yeah, yeah. what? It was miserable. We went Western. down and made a beach trip of it, so I was down there a couple of days. But you, I did you go to Dolphin? No, we just went over to Orange Beach. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? I think I remember this story. Did you have a wedding down there at the same time? No. Oh. There was a time you were at Mobile and you had a wedding mm. and you were hammered. And we happened to be in like 30A and you co- you texted me I asked drunk. TJ to come pick me up. <laughs> yes, you had to drive to Mobile to pick him up. I'm I like, was at I'm a hot dog stand <laughs> on, a, <laughs> on a Friday night in downtown Mobile. Hey, man, that's not a very safe place to be. I mean, I <sighs> downtown Mobile I on a Friday night. I know. I made it home. That stadium was boo-boo trash, But though. now they got a real nice on-campus. Yeah, they have a new Totally stadium new stadium that opened literally the year after we were there. Yeah. 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 Gosh, hot dog stands in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. Um, all right, a little bit of – it's been ramping up. We mentioned it, conference realignment. Yeah. Uh, the talk of the town has been, like, Colorado. Yeah. Arizona, I think, was in there. I as think well. they've been, yeah, thrown around. I mean, essentially, it's been Big Twelve potentially taking Pac twelve teams, right? Yeah. Um, Memphis has been mentioned. Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated had an article like two weeks ago talking about commentary alignment ramping back up. Did mention us along with obviously Colorado, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, maybe. I think that's right. Um, threw our name out. Ahead of SMU, UNLV, and San Diego State, actually in the Group of Five discussion. Um, how do you feel about commentary alignment right now? I mean, what do you mean by that statement? Because I feel great about it happening. Go, there we go. I feel great about going and getting more money and playing better teams. Right. What I don't feel great about is our chances of getting into those. Teams. I mean, I think you are. I think we are about to see. Dominoes start falling. And whether or not Memphis's domino is in that, I don't know. I'll tell you what. One thing for sure, I'm tired of being the Big 12's booty call. But do they actually I'm, ever call us? They pretend like it. Or are we calling them and they're just not answering? Regardless, I'm That's done with exactly. that. I feel like we're the ones sending the you up text. You I'm, up. I'm done. And we're not getting – the bubbles start – they pop up like they're typing and then we just never get a response. You're going to – I want to be – I would rather – Go handcuff myself to Louisville and be one of the ACC leftovers. Oh, I would love, yes. So Whatever the hell the, is, the remainder group is, part give me that, that one all a day. part of that is ramped up, too. Talking about all day. what, eight teams breaking the granite rights? Because they're blocked until, what is it, 2036? 2036, I think it's right. Which yeah. is absurd. By the way, I saw this today. Houston, UCF, and Cincy are about to be making more per year than like Florida State, all those ACC teams. How absurd is that? That's wild. I'm trying to look at the um, ACC leftovers. Trying to see what that is. It's like Boston College, Louisville. I don't don't know who this – well, I think Louisville was supposed to be like the eighth team that was joining the Magnificent Seven to – Nah, dude. They don't want them. Break away. Regardless, something is about to go down. Yeah, I get, let me stay with the the leftovers from the ACC. I think it makes more sense anyway. I'm tired of dealing with the Big Twelve. Put me in the leftovers. Any the leftovers of the Pac-12, ACC, whatever. Get me in something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
of course, right? Give me more money. The the university could greatly use more money. I mean, get my baseball games on ESPN Plus. I think that would help baseball for sure. Join the ACC, Big Two. I mean, hell, any conference at that point, right? I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I will tell you, I will be devastated if we get left behind. That again. was my question. You Literally, get left out again. What? How, how? How do you feel? I don't. Of this, if it happens this time, I don't know that I recover. So, I may have to be done with sports. <laughs> I'm being serious. So, okay. Why do why does Memphis make more sense than USF to get into uh, the Big Twelve? We'll just we'll play with that one. Well, they already have a footprint in Florida. They don't have a footprint in Tennessee. We're right in the middle of SEC country, so your Big Twelve's getting a step in that area. Okay, that's TVs that will tune in. I know everybody talks about the market, so this is something I've, I think, talked with you about. Everyone always talks about the overall market size, but Memphis consistently ranks in the top 10 for sure, maybe top five most years in just college football viewership period. And that's the city of Memphis. Like if Memphis is playing Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Kansas State, like in football, every like Baylor. Yeah. Like you're going to get casual fans of other teams tuning into those games. More so than you are of Memphis and Temple at eleven o'clock on ESPNU. It feels like the uh, the UCLA game, right? Yeah. Granted, UCLA was supposed to be good. Yeah, and they had Josh Rosen and yeah. five stars versus walk-ons. See, that's an, that was an Anthony Miller quote: five stars versus walk-ons. What a great! And we won that game. That was all Anthony. My point was more so that like you played a. Um, a power five, like you know, yeah, that's a, an I'm, opponent, but that's opponent what I'm saying. Supposed to be like, better than you, kind of situation. The viewership is out. there for this area in college as it pertains to college football. I don't care how big the overall market is, like, we're consistently, as far as college football viewership goes, we are con- consistently in the top 10. It's so, that way with other sports, too, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like, ba- basketball's even, the same even way in the NBA. Like, they, I think there was a stat that I read last year that I think it was during the finals that there were. Th- the two, the three, the top three viewership of the NBA Finals was the two cities in which they were playing, and Memphis was three. Yeah, like what? It, I don't care that Houston is what are they fifth TV market? Yeah, Who cares market. if their TVs aren't on the game? Sure, the potentials that were like people are. You're not just, just all of a sudden going to bring the potential in. Of it though. Yeah, but that like Memphis you're has a college a football fan or not? Memphis has a cap that you know. Well, make up a number. I don't know the number. I mean, I yeah, I know. But my point is, like, if you look at the numbers, Memphis is – we are, yes, 51st overall TV market. But as far as viewership of college football and basketball goes, we are consistently one of the top cities watching those events. So I guess new question, would you rather be in the Big 12 or – I don't want to get greedy. ACC but- leftovers. Whatever you want to call that. You would have to give me a defined list of what ACC leftovers was. So from that, not knowing what that is, I will say, I guess, Big 12. But given the ACC teams that are there, like, I mean, you have history with and have been in conferences with Louisville, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Like, 
I think you could fit in in the ACC. Yeah, I think that's the one that makes more sense anyway, right? I'm not sure it makes much sense for Memphis to be flying out to San Diego State, Arizona, you know, whatever they expand. Yeah. If they expand west. I mean, nobody watches West Coast football. Pac-12 after dark, that's a thing. Yeah, when people have had 15 Dirty Dovas and... You you ain't having 15 Dirty Dovas, dude. (laughs) Yeah, if you have so 15 in dirty dovas. Freaking ICU, 15 oh, dirty dovas. No, I, I think it makes more sense. It aligns with our timeline, our time. Like, I'm not trying to stay up until 11 p.m. to watch you kick off. Yeah. I will be struggling yeah. to do that. Um, I just think we have much more upside than USF, though. Okay. I mean, I know they had that run in the 2000s where they were ranked, what, they were number, number two. two in the country. Yeah. In football, but they have been cheeks basketball. Sure. I mean, Tampa, yes, it's a good market, but again, who it's cares that, if that nobody, money, man. If yeah, nobody down the there's watching USF. No, I agree. I I just use USF as an example because I feel like they are potentially a sleeping giant, right? They've got the money, they've got the market. That is what people call us. They've got the um the new stadium. Is apparently moving forward. Speaking of new stadiums, I don't know. I'm sure many of you listening got it or have gotten oh, yeah, it. The email, the survey email about the stadium and the different seating options. Op- got me fired the heck up. So sick. I and I, I marked throw a screen grab likely to purchase for every one of those sweet options. <laughs> that is, I apologize to whoever's reading the results of that because no, I will not be paying. 25k for a suite that is at field level or whatever but i would love to everybody gets their own personal ipad yeah just sit down there and play with i mean the stuff that they're looking at doing though is sick i expect big things with the with the change i I think a lot of people are looking at it and saying hey this is just going to be throwing lipstick on a pig but i'm not i don't think it's going to be that way at all about the bowl yeah about i mean that would be uh, it expensive ass stick of lipstick yeah i mean you you know how you, you walk in and it is no matter what side you walk in it's a concrete jungle right it just it is a concrete jungle there's literally concrete walls everywhere yeah. so I, I think they're trying to get away with that and that's going to be a lot of money i don't know how they're going to do it but they got to figure out a way the renderings did look they are much more appealing to the eye it's sure. a, it looks I mean, I don't know how close it's going to be to that, but I agree with you. I think it's it'll be much more than just lipstick on a pig. I don't want to walk in and have to like duck my head under a a pillar, and you start walking to the right side over there. I don't know how much that'll change. It's got to change. You've got to open up that walkway inside. I think they'll expand that and just give people a little bit more. How room. are we going to play a season during the middle of construction? That is a damn good question. I have no clue. I think they're only. Gonna, I still have, have to break I can't, it up. I've tried to figure. I just don't know. Like, especially if the showboats are a thing. I mean, I guess they're going based off historical attendance, and they're just going to force all of us to sit on one side. I don't know. If you think that this XFL or USFL league is going to lit, I don't know how it works. You would never be able to do anything on the home side. You could. Well, flip that's what I'm suites. saying. They're gonna, they're flip the seats. Yeah, they're gonna make everybody sit on the away side. There's no way. 
I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But that does, I mean, I'm excited. It starts after the Liberty Bowl this year. Kenny, who do we need to talk to? Let's get some names. I got to figure out how the hell they're going to do this. I'll reach out to some people. I'll figure it out. I'm just curious. I, I mean, I don't know if it, what, if they'll even be willing to talk to us about anything, but it's a good question. They're just gonna flip the seats. That's what they're. I mean, do. that's yeah. I guess that's what it's got to be. We'll see. Which means our side will be much more crowded, DJ. I don't know about the sunny side. Sunny side is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it gets rough over there. Only the true, only the true Gs get over on that sunny side. If that's the case, attendance might be real low next year. <laughs> all I know, <laughs> for all those I know, day games. I, I go off the sideline over to y'all over so every once in a while. At the end of the game, y'all are looking like blitz. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> telling you, red, any day game that we leave, I leave. Sunburn. Does not sunburn. With a severe headache and extremely dehydrated, and it does not matter how much water I've yeah. had. And I've only drank it out of Liberty Bowl water fountains once, and that was that 2017 UCLA game, and that was because they ran out of water and I was about to pass out. I'm going to post that video to Twitter tonight if I can Do find it. it. You should. Trey looked at me and said he's about to have a stroke. <laughs> it was Dude, that UCLA game was unbearably yeah. hot. <laughs> It's not even that hot. I went back and looked it up. It was like 87 degrees. It doesn't. It was 207 degrees inside the Liberty Bowl with no water. And I was drinking out of the water fountain. That tells you how <laughs> bad it was. Was it hotter than the Ole Miss game in 2019? Yes. See, that one was hot too. I left. I remember no, leaving that you, game. You with the game is the hottest I've ever been in my life. That South Alabama game was brutal. Brutality. And that stadium only made it worse. Was it like the metallic seats, like the aluminum yeah, bounce yes. house? It was all metallic. Yes. It was the worst. It was all metallic. And hey, the Tiger fans showed up. They were there was a ton of folks there. But God. I will say, shout out South Alabama let you take water into the stadium. Though. Oh, they let nice. you bring your own water in. I do remember that. That's nice. And then UC, I've been to UCF, and they have huge. I hate their stadium, and I hate them. But one thing nice they did have was massive. I'm talking massive jugs of free water around the stadium that you could just go and fill up at any point in time which was very nice what do you mean by that i'm picturing that giant jug you flip upside down like no i'm talking cups. like it was half the size of this room a massive jug of water that had like oh dispensers you, you brought your own bottle. right right okay. or you bought a cup and filled up water I'm for free for some reason, I pictured like they were handing out gi giant jugs. No, 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 you know, no. Like no. the, mind your business, Dennis. Like yeah, the yeah. water, yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That would be legit, though, too. It's too much water, man. I'm just imagining, though, during that season, when if they actually end up having to flip the home and away side in the Liberty Bowl or in the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, what that's going to be like in the middle of August? That's what September? I'm saying. You better make it all night games. Oh. <sighs> Brutal. I don't know. It's doable. But I am very – if they do the actual Halo – and there was there were questions in that survey about covered seating, and I'm, you better believe I rank that as one of the highest, most important things to improving game day experience. Yeah. If you had covered seating from the elements, I mean, we know how – It affects things so much. Man. So, I mean, it if, it if there's so much as any chance of rain, you might as well – Cut attendance by 25%. Yeah. 
Maybe, maybe more. And even when there's sick like fly out things like at Autzen. Yeah. In Oregon, how they have like that sh- giant rain cover, shade cover. Thing That's that what drop I'm saying. Out. Like the hail, I think it was going to be like that. I've yeah. said it before. It's very English Premier League stadium it, feeling. It and they use the company they use has done a lot of English Premier League stadiums. It does have soccer stadium vibe to it. I'm just excited about it. I, I don't know what it's actually going to look like. If it looks anything like the renderings, I think it's going to be great. They're making some pretty bold claims uh, about what they're offering. I'm expecting just greenery everywhere. Uh, I'm expecting them to open it up, make some walkway. Because currently there's not a lot of space there's to kind of walk through. In the end zones, it gets tight. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming they're going to clear some of that stuff out. Yeah, it gets tight for all the media, too, because they got so many damn people down there on the sideline. Yeah. And then the – never mind. The well, that's security, the other thing. The security people are no joke down there. And – I've gotten into at least four or five screaming matches with Andy Frame security. Those guys are wild. We almost saw a marriage occur <laughs> with Andy Frame security. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of three ways. Right? Oh, no. Oh, man, weird, we saw man. two Andy Frame security guards that we thought were dating, but then the female was like flirting <laughs> with a college. It was, they were like college age. Yeah, yeah. But the girl security guard was like getting hit on by a guy in the front row next to us and... It looked like her, who we thought was her boyfriend, was getting mad about it. It was this whole. I mean, he we was I definitely awkward about. I it couldn't tell question. you what the final score of that game was because all we were watching we were bought in on that relationship. Was the Murray episode next to us? Murray, wild. The guy would come down and talk to the girl, and like the the boyfriend guy was just like. Come to find out, they were not together. I think he was just mad at her because she was not supposed to be exactly hundred percent. She was supposed to be Stonewall Jackson down there, and she was <laughs> conversing with fans in the stands. He oh, thought they man. were going to get in trouble. It was a thing. All right, let's rate this dirty dove. I liked it right off the bat. This gives me uh, Call of Duty map vibes on the can. I get that. You see that? And I'm assuming that. Cordova marked by the star. Yeah, I'm assu- that's probably their exact location, honestly, because that is mm, Medelson, Medelson. And that's Trinity going that way, and that's Shelby Farms and the dog park. That's my guess. I mean, it's a fine can. I like it. It's it's. I give them bonus points for having the map on there and then starring the uh, the tap room location. I'll say on can. I don't get crazy with it, but six, seven. Yeah. That feels appropriate. Um, good coloring. I'll say, yeah, I'll go with you. Six, seven feels right. It just felt right when you said it. Yeah. It didn't really look like a beer can to me, to be honest. Maybe it's the font. It's too. That is a hunt. You know what that font is? It looks very familiar, but Grand Theft Auto. It is. That that's is 100% what, what I thought. That's why this has such a video. That, it's a Grand Theft Auto map. I said Call of Duty. That's like the map in Grand Theft Auto. That's what they're going for. Is it? That's definitely the font. Is that not kind of... Gosh, that does take it up more. Oh, it gotta, takes it up. I thought it would go down a little bit. No, I think GTA is a great game franchise. I played GTA. I mean, so I long. haven't either, but I used to. I'm pulling up a Grand Theft Auto map. That's definitely what it is. I can't believe you realized that that was that font. It still doesn't feel like a beer can, but I'll bump it up to a seven flat for the Grand Theft Auto theme. Why'd you think a GTA would take it down? Originality, maybe? Mm, okay. 
But see, we liked it. It's the exact same font. I'm telling. I know. You said it. That's exactly what it is. I was kind of messing. It just kind of looked like it, but it is. I mean, no, it's it for one sure. for one. The font. Um, this was good, especially for being a double IPA. Like it's delicious. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first sip hit hard. It did, and then it, it kind of rolled with. But you. But then though. you settle in there, and it it's good. It didn't feel like eight point five percent. I will say I could definitely have multiple of these. I would probably. I mean, given the time frame, from a f- overall flavor perspective and just enjoyment, yes. But from an eight point five percent, I don't know how many multiples I could have. I mean, who are we playing? I do not land? drink as many brews as I once did in my time. I don't know. You give me a, let's say, a midday game against. You can just sit there and drink four or five of these through a whole game? No, gosh, no. I'd, no. I could drink three of them through a Especially game. Especially on a hot day, no. I chance. could, 100%. No. I actually like this beer a lot. I mean, it's good, but uh, beer rating? I'm going to go 8.4 out of 10. That is, I liked it whoa. a lot. It is oh. a double, though. I like double IPAs. I mean, big IPA guy. I mean, I this is at good. the total end of the spectrum from uh, Hushman. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that one's like refreshing and crushable yeah this is like it has good flavor and i don't need that many the drinkability it's not necessarily crushable but the drinkability is high sure uh i'm not quite that high but for a double i did enjoy it so i'm gonna go seven seven that's respectable out of ten you're not a big ipa guy so i mean i i don't especially I, for a double IPA. i don't discriminate against any brew um but yeah if there's if I've got a choice, I'm probably not picking up the double IPA. There's other options. We need to get another one of these and give it to Christian. Let's see what Christian rates it. It's going to be a big strikeout for our old old C foul. <laughs> that man went to the casino and didn't gamble. That's the kind of yeah. Wow, he's a wild dude, man. That he needs to be on a list somewhere. Yeah, after. he's what? He's, listen, That's he's like wild. Say, it's like saying you go to Costco yeah. and you don't impressive. take any of the free samples. The samples, yeah. I don't even trust you at that point. I kind of agree with you. I mean, we're also, I mean, he puts mayonnaise on a chicken biscuit. So This is very true. That is so, this all makes sense now. And we're not talking just like, just mayonnaise. I mean, he layered. Yeah, he, he confessed that it's ice cream sandwich lick oh, gosh. around it. That's how much mayonnaise is coming out. I don't know if there's anything I put mayonnaise on. Period? I don't think so. I mean, like ranch doesn't count to me. That's not straight mayonnaise. I mean, I'm not like a huge mayonnaise person, but I've put it on a sandwich or a burger before. Kenny, you're a mayonnaise guy, Kenny? No. I should make it sure. No, no, no. thought I was a wild card. This may be next week's um, keg stand? stand is what's the best condiment. Well, we've already got a bracket in in line with this beer thing, and TJ's putting a lot of work in on this thing, and I'm excited to see it roll out. You may or may not see some familiar beers that we've had. We've had quite a few, I think. Yeah. Was it not a little bit wild though? Like the there was a. I mean, obviously there were a few that got all the votes, but there there were sure there was a large like 
large group of, of, of beers there of people liking certain things. And anyway, it was crazy to me. Yeah. I think the, the bracket's going to be fun. I don't, it's also s- surprising to see some of the, uh, breweries top four that yeah. we were trying to guess some of them and some of the ones that are their top four sellers, we did not anticipate. So just to kind of softball it out there, kind of give it some general idea. We called most of the main breweries in Memphis trying to get their top four sellers in beer. So that way it's not like, Trey and I just adding our favorite list of beers in there and it kind of being like a, a, a TJ and Trey beer bracket type of situation. We, we kind of want it to be fair because there's going to be some beers that other people love that perhaps you and I don't love too much, right? So the top four from all the breweries, we're going to rank them, seed them, and just let them go to battle. And you guys are going to pick the winner. Is there a heavy favorite at this point? Oh yeah. Based on his responses, it's got to be Tiny Bomb. Yeah, based off Twitter, number seems, one, number one overall seed is for sure Tiny it Bomb. It seems like Tiny Bomb. It's gonna. It feels like it's gonna come down to Tiny Bomb versus Ghost River Golden. That's my guess. Yeah. Is there a, is there a fairly Dickinson in the in the field? Yeah, you psychopaths that are out there chugging got to get up to get down on summer nights. And <laughs> looking at you, Mark King. Are you kidding me with that? <laughs> he said on summer nights. <laughs> I had one the other day. I will tell Wise you, Acre. I've got friends that will down some got to get Sean Sigler. Will down, got to get up to get down after playing a full soccer game in 95 degree weather. Dude, I had the just the regular pint I at, mean, at Wise Acre the other day, and it was like 87 degrees out. I'm like, I like got to get up to get down, but after a soccer game, it's too hot for that, dude. Goodness gracious. I don't even understand how they do it. It's like drinking syrup. It's a good beer, though. But I guess in the right situation. In the winter. With Andy's Mint. I think we got to give Andy's men another fair shot. Yeah, yo. In the winter. Yeah. It's chilly in here. We're scarfed up. We'll do it again. <laughs> We're wearing scarves in studio. I'm just, it may enhance the flavor, the appropriate outfit on. I'll, I'll put it. a fake fire on the TV yeah. in front of y'all. Imagine our 24 can fridge is replaced with a fake fire mantle place. Yeah. It'll be great. All right. We'll try it out. We'll do it again. Make it fit. Come maybe a next. We'll do it next year Christmas episode. We're gonna have to change our slogan though. TJ and Trey fires fireside chats. Fireside chats. <laughs> We're gonna talk like this the entire time. ASMR. That will probably be the least viewed episode that's ever. <laughs> that's aired. fair. We gotta do. But hey, we'll do it. It'll be fun for us. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe that wraps else. up uh, episode twenty nine. Yeah. Come back next week. Bring a cold beer. Stay for hot takes. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode of Tigers Untapped, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Like and subscribe at Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports.